Welcome to the Quantum Alignment Q&A, Humboldt series, where we traverse through an array of healing modalities to educate, empower, and excite our listeners on their path of holistic health and wellness. In sharing various practitioners' experiences and insight, we hope to cultivate a deeper relationship between one's true self, the mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional bodies. Join naturopath, transpersonal psychologist, and cannabis therapy consultant, Dr. Pepper Hernandez in the Humboldt Quantum Alignment Series. And now, here is your host, Dr. Pepper Hernandez. Stephanie Cauldron is a beekeeper, a cannabis consultant, and a poet. She started a highly motivated consulting company in 2015 where she works with an array of recreational cannabis companies in Oregon and California. Having a background in seed to sale, farm to dispensary, on her approach to her business, cannabis and honey have played an essential role in her personal healing journey, and she's here to speak with us about it today. Welcome, Stephanie, and thank you so much for making time to be present with us. You have a very busy schedule, and we'll talk (laughs) a lot about that today. I'm very excited to have you here. You are a gorgeous woman. Thank you. I was blown away when you walked (laughs) in. Yeah, I'm so excited. Tell me about these earrings. I'm always fascinated by the things when people come in, what they're wearing. I actually can't quite remember where I found them, but it's the shape that the honeybee makes in their uh, column. Well, yeah. of course. Yeah. <laughs> of course. I have so many questions and I'm really excited for you to be here because we have a large amount of information to deliver to listeners today. So why don't we start with just like dig in. Let's start up with okay. you and you know where you came from and what brought you here. Let's start there. That'll give us a good foundation and then we can kind of build from there by um, giving more information. Perfect. So I am originally from Los Angeles, born and raised in San Fernando Valley. And I came up to the area in 2010 to attend HSU. And I studied environmental policy and planning, had some great professors there. But originally, my family is from Colombia. I'm a first generation Colombian American. I'm the first person in my family born in this country. And my parents came to the United States um, in the late 70s. And Basically, they came to get a new opportunity because of the political climate in Colombia regarding the drug war and just regarding what was happening with the economy there. My father is an engineer and he wanted to bring his family here and give us an opportunity to study and better ourselves in that way in this in this country so for those of us who are first generation Americans, you know, our parents went through some very interesting times. They sure did. And. I mean, I'm emotional about it because that story hits home, you know, just how strong our fathers were. Mm -hmm. And our mothers. Yeah, and our mothers. 
in my case, it was my father that moved here. But how strong they had to be, not speaking the language, not knowing, just going on faith and knowing that they wanted something better, not just for themselves, but for their children and their grandchildren. And wow, right? Wow. So thank you for that. So that's where you get your beautiful last name (laughs) that I didn't even want to chop up. (laughs) So can you share that last name with us? Sure. My last name is Calderon. And what does that mean and where does that come from? It's actually quite a common last name really? in, throughout all of Latin America. Yeah. I haven't ever heard yeah, of it. Yeah, it's very common. Um, so part of the root is caldera, which is volcanic um, oh associations with a volcano and that kind of energy. Oftentimes people will call me Cauldron, and that's also my pen name. And it is associated with uh, witches or brujas or curanderas or people who use natural energy with conscious intent. Oh, I, I like, like the way that it. you phrase that. Yeah as, yeah, as I like to put it. Um, and so those are the roots. And that is on, my, of course, my my father's side. Mm-hmm. It's actually my stepfather's last name. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not technically related by birth. But in the last several years, I've um, come to really adopt it, it as it part is of my name. identity. Yeah, so, it is your name. Yes. It's a great one. So I didn't mean to cut you off with your story on your family's journey, but can you pick up there too? Because I want to find out what's happened there. Oh, sure. So um, my family has been the reason why I'm so disciplined and work incredibly hard and also why I work hard at being compassionate. My parents... <laughs> through my cannabis journey have been my number one fans and also my number one critics yes. and also the most important people whose mind I can change behind the stigma of cannabis. And that really came into play. I believe it was in 2004. Uh, my eldest sister was diagnosed. She was not diagnosed at the time. They were trying to figure out what she had, but she was eventually diagnosed with multiple sclerosis at the age of 28 And yeah, it was tough. It was absolutely tough. And my sisters are 13 and 14 years older than me. So I saw my sister, you know, really start to blossom into her adulthood and then have to deal with this new challenge. And so about a year later, I actually had torn my meniscus and ACL. I played a lot of sports in high school. And that also is part of why I think I have been able to cultivate leadership skills. Mm -hmm. But I had torn my ACL and my meniscus and I can't remember, or I do remember, but I won't mention it, which pain medication I was on after my surgery and I couldn't hold any food down. I was blacking out. And I remember calling up my best friend and asking him if he can bring me some cannabis for Mm -hmm. therapeutic reasons. And I had been using cannabis a little bit before that, but really it, it came down to that the first time that I really noticed, hey, this is actually really helping. How can I help my family? And that was really the, the door opening and the light bulb going on of my cannabis journey. Wonderful. So it wasn't just like, hey, bring me some cannabis for recreational. You had to have done some research. And that was a years ago. Mm-hmm. I was 19 years old. So yeah. 15 um, years ago or something? That was 12 years ago. Okay. So how did you, I mean, because 12 years ago, cannabis was not really on the radar, mm-hmm. honestly. I mean, it has grown so much in the last couple years in the last five years it's just leaps and bounds in 10 years I mean it pretty much Mm -hmm. went from very hush hush to you know where it is now so how did you find out about it like that I mean new I'm going to get off my medication I'm going to take this I'm going to try it like how did you have that I'm trying to really distill 
the reasoning behind that it came into play with the combination of watching my sister Mm -hmm. being given a variety of different uh solutions in in some some people's minds like chemo and steroids and I saw my sister deteriorate coupled with how my father approached prayer and mindfulness and learning how to resonate with things and I had tried cannabis before but more in a recreational setting and I resonated with it and for whatever reason the plant spirit called out to me in that moment and I knew and I I said why not try it be open to it something else this has to be out there and you just stepped on a whole new path. Good yeah. for you, Stephanie. Good for you. <laughs> I love you. You're awesome. So what inspired you to move here? You went to school. Mm-hmm. And then now what inspired you to start doing the things that you're doing? And tell the listening audience kind of what you're doing here in Humboldt because I can't even keep track. There's so many things. <laughs> yeah, I'm a busy bee. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> literally and figuratively. Fun, yeah. <laughs> um. So... Just one more step back, I guess, back in Los Angeles, when I started asking questions, why, why does this plant work? How does it work? What other options do I have? How can I help people understand and learn more about it? I launched into dispensary culture. So I was a butt tender for multiple years and I was able to really hone in and learn how to speak to a variety of people and help them try to find the right strain for them. There you go. Additionally, while presenting the information I had just learned in my work setting to my family, which were again, the hardest critics because they came from the days of Pablo Escobar, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the, the stigma behind cannabis or just drugs in general and how their youngest daughter, the first person born in this country is launching into this passion that they were like, what is happening? No, <laughs> you yeah. know? So that is where my background is. I came up to Humboldt state university in 2010 and I started the second half of my bachelor's in science and I just met amazing people and I started to understand the entire dynamic in the world that was happening here and the entrepreneurs and the incredible mothers that were helping sustain their family and through this amazing plant and I just always had deep gratitude for it and so in any way I would offer my help to my friends and that's when I really started learning the the cultivation aspect of cannabis. And it went everywhere from helping manage uh, trim scenes, which I do have a management background, and also eventually helping run a small operation. And that was really my entrance into the area of not just uh, the plant spirit, but the counterculture. Right. So fascinating to me. Yeah. So fascinating. So unique here yes, as well. Absolutely. And, you know, it's not the, the time of that counterculture is over, but in the way that we've seen it in the last five or 10 years, and some people longer than that, 30 years ago, mm-hmm. is so, if you were able to be there and experience it, how grateful, how much really cool unique experiences did we all get from that you know that you can write books about because it may never happen again Mm -hmm. uh, you know at least from my experience so but I imagine from yours as well and so what are you doing now I have been consulting for three years now and I'm back in the area my entire what does intention. What that mean? I don't mean to stop you, but no what does worries. that mean for you? Because you created that business mm-hmm. and that business is 
called Highly Motivated Consulting Mm -hmm. in 2015. And what does that mean? What are you actually doing? You're consulting, you know, people on what strains to use? Are you consulting companies on how to grow cannabis? Like, what are you doing exactly? So our listeners know exactly what they can come to you for. Sure. So just kind of a precursor to that. So I was helping with a cultivation operation in the area and someone actually came and scouted me and they offered me a recreational garden up in Portland. And I moved to Portland and upon arrival, I realized that they were actually opening a dispensary in pair with the cultivation operation. Wow. So, you know, I have a management background. I've worked in dispensaries. I'm like, ah, let me help you in any way possible. And I basically set them up with procedural development. I helped train their first round of staff and I helped uh, basically vet different brands. And I was their buyer. And that experience really was satisfying because not only was I still able to work with this incredible plant spirit, but I was also able to help develop a workplace and a workflow, which really correlates with beekeeping as well. For me, it resonates with beekeeping because I just love to sit with hives and watch the way that they communicate with one another and how they work together collaboratively and cooperatively for this end goal, which is nectar collection and you know, the forwarding of their reproduction. So I wanted to bring that, not the reproduction part, but I wanted to bring kind of that energy into uh, dispensary workspaces because there is a lot going on. Not only are you dealing with navigating personalities in the workplace, but you're also dealing with staying compliant. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. And the reality is you're also handling lots of cash because the banking laws don't really, you know, currently they will in the future. Um, work for for our business models right so that is really where my journey as a consultant began Mm -hmm. you know having had uh, managed kitchens to movie theaters to high-end retail clothing stores now I had this opportunity to really help kind of form or at least help build the foundation of these small companies and so that was my pursuit I worked in Oregon for about three years And the last couple years, I worked with an array of companies, whether they were trimming or they were brands that were putting out joints or high premium flour, or if they were edible companies, I kind of went from flower to flower or company to company helping out and spread what was working, what wasn't working, or maybe a different approach as to how you could manage or develop your procedure. And so that's really... That's my background is essentially doing procedural development. However, I do use my creative, my creative soul and I've built websites. I've helped build brands. I do social media marketing. Well, you are like an asset to every person (laughs) in this community. I mean, really? Wow. What I do love about cannabis is that I have been able to apply my skill set. And yes. my skill set is diverse because I'm hungry to learn more constantly. It's your skill set and your passion. I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just so excited to help. Really, yeah. that's the foundation of it. As much as I love cannabis, I love her plant spirit. But my purpose here is to be of service by helping, helping people grow, helping people build a solid foundation and then go from there. And so that's really my, my reasoning. I moved to Oregon with the intention of coming back to Humboldt County and helping my friends. I wanted to work in a recreational market and understand how to navigate all the nuances, all, all the crazy hoops that you have to jump through yeah. and all the ebbs and flows. Cause there's definitely down like moments that are low and down, but there's definitely moments that are high. 
Yeah. That you're just like, wow, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. And I just want to be supportive to business owners while they're going through that entrepreneurial anxiety and right. bliss. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I love what you're doing. I'm fascinated by all of the experience that you've had and what you really bring to the table for people. How did the bees come in? I want to know a little bit more about this and how that was part of your holistic healing journey. Mm-hmm. So, wow, bees. I, I have so, <laughs> not just the honeybee, but just pollinators in general. I have deep gratitude for, they're really making the world go around. Every time I eat, I have gratitude for their hard work. But bees came into play when I was still living in Los Angeles and there would be moments I'd get out into nature and I'd get tidbits. And I remember sitting, being obsessed, sitting in fields of flowers, just watching honeybees go from flower to flower to flower. And I'm like, what a life, what a life it is to like taste the sweet nectar of all these beautiful flowers. And so I moved up to Humboldt, of course. And in 2013, I started beekeeping and it was a way for me to to take a moment of observation and meditation and learn different channels of communicating. Mm-hmm. And I, I've just applied it to different parts of my life. And first and foremost, beekeeping for me is a spiritual practice. I don't keep bees to harvest honey. I keep bees to help the vulnerable honeybee population. I keep bees because they allow me to sit and pause and listen. That has really been the biggest communication lesson is listening and letting go of ego because the reality is there's one of me and at minimum 60,000 of them (laughs) and they act and communicate as an organism. And if they're telling me what they need or how they're feeling and I'm just trudging through a hive, this is what I learned at the beginning of my beekeeping journey is that no pause and listen listen to what Mm -hmm. they have to say they might not be in the best mood or they might not have a queen or they might be really happy and buzzing really loudly and gentle or aggressive you know and kind of sitting with that and saying it doesn't matter what you think stephanie or what you are interpreting what they're saying it doesn't matter just dissolve all of that and listen because they're telling you And I've been able to apply that to not just my family and my friends, but also businesses I work with because I'm like, whoa, what is it that you need? You tell me. Mm -hmm. The bees are keeping you calm. Sounds Mm -hmm. like a meditative practice and being tuned in and present and Mm -hmm. keeping you aligned with your highest self. Another aspect of beekeeping that has deeply resonated with me has been the timing of it all where I started beekeeping when I really felt like I started stepping into my womanhood. And beekeeping itself, or not even just beekeeping, pollinating itself is a very sensual act. You're literally allowing plants to reproduce by going flower to flower and touching base with each one. And I just took all that observation in and have also really applied it to my communication and taking time to sit with people and listen to them in their communication in whatever vibe that they're transmitting to me. Sometimes I don't always like the vibe and sometimes (laughs) I'm like wow what piece of wisdom am I going to walk away with here Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. oh that's good you're good you're so good so 
I have a question. Like, do you make honey from your bees or have you in the past? I have, yes. Can you give us a recipe? Because, okay, I taught, I'm going to tell you why. Mm -hmm. I taught a class recently. It was a juicing edibles tinctures class. And it was part of the cannabis therapy consultant program that I was telling you about. And um, at the end, after everyone was very elevated from all the northern <laughs> lights number five that I've been passing around um, just in different ways like tinctures and chocolates and mm-hmm. whatnot I passed around this yummy yummy honey from a local farmer mm-hmm. who is also does bee work and whatnot and I got the question in the class how to make honey and by god that might be the one question I didn't have an answer for so do you happen to know a recipe for medicated cannabis honey? Yes. A couple of different approaches. I've had the opportunity to work with some incredible companies in the Pacific Northwest as their commercial beekeeper and as doing operations with them. And their incredible recipe is called an electuary. And it's essentially just honey with distillate. And it's all single source. But there are a variety of ways to make it. I figured. Yeah, there are a variety. Honey is an incredible carrier or just source to be able to mix in other beneficial plants or roots or so on and so forth. So could you just mix it with like a concentrate? Is that, I mean, that's a possibility. I mean, there's probably a million recipes Mm -hmm. and there will be even more. But I feel like that's a really good way. So this is my more technical question. Does cannabis or medicated honey that comes from cannabis like from bees Mm -hmm. does that necessarily mean that the bees are also on the cannabis farm you know what I'm saying because for example like this other company that's doing it here locally I believe that their bees are on their cannabis Mm -hmm. farm and then they make the honey from that as well. So I don't know if they're adding um, concentrate to it or not. But is there something in that? Because you're getting the trichomes on the bees, right? And the trichomes are then on the honey. I mean, does that make sense? And then you're heating the honey. Well, <laughs> that's just where my so mind goes. The companies that have beehives on their farms, their bees are in proximity to their cannabis cultivation operations. Okay. However, the honeybee does not pollinate cannabis so it's not floating see i mean it might land on a bud here and there or cola here and there but no it it does not yeah i had this beautiful vision and dream that these bees were flying around just playing in all the cannabis and then bringing back the triumphs Mm -hmm. and then the heat that honey was heated and caused the you know the medicaid effect so okay well my dream's not fully shattered (laughs) but thank you for clearing that up I, i definitely appreciate that so tell me with all of the things that you're doing, you have to be creating a special ritual for yourself, just mm-hmm. a daily ritual. And I imagine from your rich culture, your background from Columbia, all of these things that you've been partaking in with the spiritual plant, what kind of ritual are you doing for yourself on a daily basis just to keep yourself in alignment? Because you're a high vibration woman. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you can just tell, you can feel it, you can see it, you're radiant. So what are you doing? <laughs> what am I doing? Tell us. You know, it's something that I've actually started practicing in the last two years that has really upped my ability to be present and stay present and offer. And that actually comes into slow mornings. I oftentimes oh. would pop out of bed, get dressed, you know, toast a bagel, make coffee, run out the door. <gasps> and I, I feel like this. that first 30 minutes of waking up and my adrenals and how they were affected were wreaking havoc 
on my ability to stay focused, my ability to stay compassionate for myself because I was always pushing and pushing and pushing. I still very much push and move forward. But in the mornings, I take the first 30 minutes to wake up, open my eyes. I also have the ritual of thanking the new day. Yes. And welcoming in the new day and saying, thank the universe for offering me another opportunity to live this fantastic life. And yes. and just that practice of gratitude has really helped me kind of <laughs> be able to offer. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I have started this new thing. Well, I mean, I do Kundalini yoga and I do meditations in the morning and any time during the day that I possibly can. So that's a couple hours in the morning of doing that. Right. And then listening to mantra and, and absorbing that frequency. But I've started doing this thing where it actually holds you accountable for doing 10 gratitude statements in the morning, the moment you wake up and 10 right before you go to bed. So if there's something that's happening throughout the day that you may have gotten out of alignment, you're getting yourself back into alignment and reset. And if you're doing it, no matter where, whether it's the same bed all the time, but as long as you're doing it within your body, no matter where your body travels, that is your home. Mm -hmm. But I've really found that to just be so positive in what you've touched on is that softness in the morning. Mm -hmm. Tenderness. It's so important because I think there for years, I would wake up and my mind would just start going emails and, you know, social medias and what I have to do and making lists and blah, 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 blah. And sometimes I still find myself doing that. But man, exactly what you're saying, that affirmation, just being present, taking time, having gratitude is phenomenal. So I don't know how many lists you do or how many of those you do, but sit and try to do 10. And it's part of this book that I'm reading, by the way. But <laughs> And with each one, you say, thank you, thank you, thank you at the end. And it just like, and before you know it, like you're waking up doing that. But I just think it sets your day. It really does. You know? So what are the other things that you're doing? That one's probably the key thing, honestly. Yeah. That has taught me to pause and slow down. Yeah. That is really the ritual. I, throughout my day, I pause. After an hour of sitting in front of a computer, I get up for five minutes and I pause. Good for you. Hold that presence because then I can just go down the black hole of emails and yeah. every all the work that I'm doing. So the pausing is a ritual for me to be present Yeah, in those pauses. Another ritual for me is something that I've been practicing since I was a child. And it was something that my father had offered me. I grew up in a Judeo-Christian household, but my father didn't necessarily practice. And he was an engineer, so he always called God the cosmic engineer. And... We would pray, but really the prayer would be manifestation exercises. Wow. So he would have me write down things that I wanted to do in my life. And then we would sit and visualize them and try to carve out details. And then we'd write it down again. And that's something that I haven't always been practicing it. But when I do practice it, I am constantly reminded that the words I speak become the food I eat yes. and that I have the opportunity to create whatever reality that's in front of me by simply shifting perspective. Wow. And that manifestation practice has been just part of who I am. That could possibly be the most valuable thing that anyone has to say, really. You, so your dad started teaching you that at what? How old were you? I think I was six. You give your dad a shout oh, out. My, what is his name? Heido. 
Good job, Heidel. I love my dad. Good job. And my mom. I love you, mom. <laughs> Good job, mom and dad. What a wonderful human being they have created. Honestly, you're Thank an you. amazing person, Stephanie. I, I dig you quite a bit. So, you know, taking moments to really build your manifestation and put that energy towards gratitude and seeing every single thing as, you know, something positive. I mean, that's it. That's the key right there. So you already have it. No wonder you're living such a happy, healthy, vibrant life and you can do a million things and they're all weaving together because you see them as benefiting you. And, you know, in whatever way the universe will continue to supply things to you that will benefit you because that's just the vibration or the frequency that you're emitting. So you're going to continue to navigate towards those things. So with something that potent you, I mean, you've been doing that since six it's wonderful. What is your life mantra then? Do you have one? I have a couple. Okay, okay, great. Can you share those with us? Yes. So wonderful. one thing that derived from my manifestation practices as a child was the phrase, whomever you want to be, you already are. Ooh. And it was both, uh, it has multiple meanings. One of them is don't stress about who you're trying to be. Don't be in the future. Don't be in the past. Be here. This is all you have. This is who you are. You're already that person whom you desire to be. And also strengthening myself in the sense of knowing that I had the capacity and the ability. I just had to listen and be aware of my environment and surroundings and make sure that that place that I was in that time, trying to manifest that thing or be who I was, was nourishing me and that I was nourishing it. It's a two-way street. (laughs) Wow. Well, now that I'm in tears, thank you. Pisces. That's super. I know we've got the Pisces sister love. I'm going to pull myself together. But I think with that being said, it may be time to take a quick little time of refreshment. Let's call it that for a moment. And we're going to give a shout out to a local aligned business that I, of course, love so very much. And I hope that you do as well. Ever dream of becoming a cannabis therapy consultant or learning more on how cannabis heals? For a deeper understanding of your own body and mind connection using sacred medicine, take time to dive into classes anytime, anywhere with a new online program. For more information, connect on drpepperhernandez.com. This is a 10-month program, one class a month. The Cannabis Holistic Institute provides the most potent teachers Humboldt County has to offer. Students have access to Google Classrooms for downloadable handouts, charts, PowerPoint presentations, and more. Also a live streaming on Facebook, bonus pop-up classes, gifted info, and edited videos available on YouTube. Classes from History of Cannabis, The Biology of Cannabis, Specific Strains and Effects, Cannabis Healing Properties, Juicing, Edibles, and Tinctures, Cultivation and Production, Cannabis Medicine Making, Women in Cannabis Conference, Legalities and Legislations, The Cannabis Business, and more.
welcome back. Thank you for joining us. We, during our little break, had a couple of fun things that happened. I'm not going to tell you about all of them, but one of them, we used a magnify your purpose oil. What do you think? It's crazy, right? Yeah. It's very rooting. Yeah, it's rooting and grounding. I think it's like coriander and frankincense, and it has cinnamon bark and ginger, lang lang, geranium. That's my jam. Magnify your purpose. So that's what came up for you. So now that we're back and we're all refreshed, I would like to know a little something about you, Miss Stephanie, that maybe no one else knows about you. It's it's always nice to keep a little secret for yourself, so I won't necessarily share a secret or something that you don't know, but I'm open to sharing some of my poetry. That would be fantastic. So you want to keep a little mystery, do you? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, but, you know, sharing some of your poetry would be absolutely phenomenal. I would really value that, and I'm sure our listeners would, too. So yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. What you're going to share? Tell sure. us about this particular poem. So this, I have a collection of poems in the works right now that are actually inspired by the incredible empowered women in my life. Oh, whether they're my sisters or my bosses or my friends, I'm just inspired by the incredible women in this world rebuilding a gentle world. Yeah. And I have a collection. And it's called the Poetry of Witches. And nice. so this is a, this piece that I'm about to read is called Garden of Truth. And it is in those moments where you're reflecting and rebuilding your personal foundation of whom you think you maybe were or who you are and transforming those ideas. Okay. Thank you. Lately, I've been working in the garden of truths, spending time digging up dead roots, amending my soil with words of strength. After all, the words we speak become the food we eat. I carefully only pull certain weeds because dandelions and borage do nourish our bees. The sun does kiss my neck, and all of this truth digging causes one to reflect. I am unsubscribing to ideas of myself and this world. Working in your garden will completely change your worth. Nourish your depth, compassion, and creativity. And remember, water your garden with receptivity. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. It's beautiful. Thank you. Absolutely beautiful. I have so enjoyed spending time with you. I hate for this to come to an end. And it's not yet. We still have a couple (laughs) cool things to do. Um, But I want to know, the idea of this podcast is that we're helping people become more aligned to their highest self. Mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional. And you and I have talked a lot about the mental aspect of projecting positivity and having a particular mantra or affirmations or gratitude. And it sounds like, you, you know, you've been doing that for quite some time with your father. What would a nourishing self recipe be if you were to be putting something together for say the superhuman what would you add to that because we ask that question to all of our guests and hopefully a listener will get something from it so what would be yours I have a couple and some of them actually count each other in really interesting ways one of them is movement great I like to ground myself by dancing And whether you're on your bike moving or doing yoga or whatever it is that keeps your body moving, every time my arms go up in the air, I have such gratitude that it's all flowing. And so 
Movement would be one of them. Pausing would be another one, which is the counter of that. Whether it's meditating or walking down the street and stopping and smelling that rose. Pause. Lots of water. (laughs) Right. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, creative outlets. And so what do you mean by creative outlets? Obviously like Mm -hmm. art and sewing or whatever that Mm -hmm. singing, poetry, speaking. So as far as a creative outlet goes, I think it comes in two ways. It's balancing your personal outlet of, you know, I paint, I write poetry, or if you dance or whatever it is that you do, but also taking time to go out and see other people's artwork, Mm -hmm. an outlet in that way where you can connect to human emotion and the human experience. I love that idea. So Stephanie, we've covered movement, pausing and being still and taking that time for yourself. Water, which of course I'm a huge fan of hydrating because we are water Mm -hmm. and you and I are Pisces sisters. So of course, and then having creative outlets and then also supporting other people in the community that have those outlets to go and, you know, watch them and see them. Are there any other nourishing self-care recipes that you would like to share before we move on? Yes, actually. One of the most important ones that I've really developed in the last six months, I love helping people, but I've learned how to say no. Oh, that's a tough one. It's tough. It is. And when you define those boundaries, but those boundaries have empowered me so much. Absolutely. And as much love and strength as I have to offer people in the community, I also need to look back into myself and make sure that I'm taking care of myself. And no is really powerful. Yes. I have heard in the statement, the moment I heard it, it vibrated through me because I'm a Pisces, much like you. And we just give and give and give. And and no is kind of a hard word for us until we really learn it, until the universe really slaps us kind of in the, that's rude to say, but you know what I mean, yeah. it really gets you. And so it's, I'm not saying no to you. I'm saying yes to myself. And when I heard that statement, Somehow my little sweet Pisces heart just was like, oh, I can say that. (laughs) You know, like I can do that. I can say, I can say that statement. And another part of self-care recipe that is correlated to saying no is when you're offering abundance and you're pouring from your cup, make sure there's something left in your cup. Yes. That's where no comes into play. We often deplete ourselves energetically or our time or our love at times. And we have to make sure that we have something to pour from. And and that all kind of integrates really the recipe of pauses, of creative outlets, of being able to drink lots of water, you know. Oh, you're so awesome. You're just I'm so grateful to have you today for certain. Before you leave, I have... What we do with every single person, I'm going to get myself organized here, we pick a tarot card and you can choose it in any way that you want. You can do it um, just by the visual of it. You can do it by hand scanning and feeling the energy, Mm -hmm. however, the way that you want. And we'll pick one that resonates with you and hopefully it brings through a message that kind of brings everything back together, whether it be from today's podcast or your life, something that the listeners can, you know, process through as well. So while you're doing that, I'm going to bang on the singing ball.
One more bang. Take as much time as you want. I like hitting this thing. (laughs) (laughs) What did you find? Would you like to share it with us? Tarot is an amazing vehicle. (laughs) It's a mirror sometimes. It's not even telling the future. It's telling you what you already know. Yeah. And it pulled a practice visualization. Oh my gosh. Are you serious? <laughs> yes. Could not be more perfect. I, just got <laughs> I know. <laughs> this is nuts. So it's a woman with her back and she has all of the shocker points lit up and her hair is blowing in the wind in a wild manner. Uh, she is, looks like she's wrapped, her lower half is wrapped around in a blanket and she has her eyes closed not sure what direction she's facing, but she has her eyes closed and light coming out of her forehead. And it says today's lesson is to visualize what you need to heal or create in your life. This manifestation exercises wow. right there. The image needs to fill all seven chakras so consciously placed that you picture into each one of them. Wow. With your breath, animate those images, bring them to life and fill your being. And my goal is to practice and believe in the power of visualization. Wow. I mean, that's perfect, yeah. is it not? It's, yeah. It's absolutely perfect. How do you feel like that resonates? Let me ask you that. Well, it resonates on a deep level because the, in the last couple of months, I had someone very special in my life who came in and was like, what is your practice of service? You know, we talked about manifestation and all that. He's like, how are you giving back to your community? And I was like, wow, how am I? doing that how am I bettering the development of my community whether it's empowering female business owners or small mom and pop companies what more can I do to be of service and I've been visualizing a project that um, has something that I've been playing with for some time in my mind but I'm really putting it all out there I'm putting my cards literally on the table (laughs) now and it is right now it's called pollination but essentially I am offering people who are interested in learning how to beekeep in two bee yards that I work with. And the reality is, is that the beekeeping community is filled with a lot of wise people and there aren't a lot of beekeepers that look like me, AKA my age range. Everybody is usually like 55 or older, you know, beekeeping is a expensive hobby, but there are so many people my age that just want to learn and I want to offer that. And so I've been, given the opportunity to keep bees on these cannabis farms, which I think is a unique perspective and setting. And it's coupled together where I'm attempting to change the stigma of cannabis and honeybees because sometimes people are afraid of them. But when I have the opportunity to offer a bit of wisdom or education, they're less afraid because they're empowered by knowledge. And that's really, I'm trying to pollinate that knowledge through the masses. So what is that going to look like for you? What does that project look like? It's in the works. Okay. (laughs) What does that project look like right now? So I have been slowly connecting with different cannabis farms in the area, keeping their apiaries, or I'm about to start keeping their apiaries, and they have given me the go-ahead of bringing people on. So I'm visualizing a nonprofit. I would Mm -hmm. like to start a nonprofit where I can help equip these younger beekeepers with the right materials and tools and access to information, allow it to be more accessible to them. Also, I'm hoping to make beekeeping cooler. Uh, not it's cooler. It's cool. super cool and complex. Okay. But sometimes it's people are just like, cool. it's too much information or I don't have time. I don't have time input or I don't have the money. 
well, we all do. We all have access to whatever it is that we want or need to make happen in our lives. It's just about tapping in or listening to the offers. And I'm offering that. And so my goal is to get beekeeping out on a bigger mass scale in the cannabis community by one smoking in the apiary. I also smoke bees out with cannabis, which I learned from a very beautiful beekeeper in the area, Missy B. Lee, and also working with farms that allow me to potentially bring people on and teach them and give them a little bit of insight so they can carry that knowledge elsewhere and teach their friends and their community, their peer group. Wow. So if, say, you know, farmers wanted to contact you or people who wanted to learn about this beekeeping and this new project, this pollination project that you're creating, how do they connect with you for that? And then I'll ask you separately about your consulting, but how do they connect with you for that? Or maybe it's the same. Yeah. I mean, you can, I would have email. So basically I'm right now just working under highly motivated consulting and you can visit my website, highlymotivated.co. You can also follow me at We Are Highly Motivated on Instagram. Cute. And my my beekeeper themes are oftentimes expressed under at Honey Child is kind of the guys, the name that I go under. I'm working on setting everything up, a website, getting all of my paperwork in place to be able to offer this to the community. Wonderful. Wonderful. So people can contact you through those. We'll also have you on a link on our website as well and our Facebook and our social media platforms like Instagram. So thank you so much, Stephanie. You have been an amazing guest and I appreciate your time because I know you're a very busy woman. Thanks for coming on the show and helping us to get one step closer to aligning our highest self, the mental, physical, and spiritual bodies. And to you, the listener, thank you so much for tuning in once again here on our podcast. And until next time, I'm your host, Dr. Pepper Hernandez. Have a magical, wonderful day. And let's try to make this your very best week ever. This episode has been brought to you by Midwest Catfish.